You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is time for the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com, where uh, almost the entire gang is here. We've had not a fatality. Uh, I don't believe a hospital uh, stay is in order, but Eddie Radosevich has uh, been knocked out by the West Virginia weather. Bob was telling me some very interesting things uh, that maybe uh, this is partly Eddie's fault for not being prepared uh, for basically the worst weather of all time, uh, which, you know, it's I get it. Like, it's not been crazy. Then all of a sudden you're in the worst weather possible, but. Yeah, Eddie's Eddie is uh he's really sick. He's got type A flu. He's been tested. Uh he uh he hasn't been on the radio, I don't think, for the last couple of days, or maybe it was just this morning. Um so uh, wasn't on this morning. Wasn't no. on this morning. Um so that probably means Bob's filling in for him tomorrow, is my guess. Right? No? I I I was on this morning. I don't know if I'm filling in tomorrow. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're without Eddie today, but the show moves on, and Bedlam is coming up this weekend. Uh, we've had some basketball. I had basketball last night, which I'm, I know that Josh is loving that uh, there's free, more free time for basketball on the pod today. Uh, they look like I, a real team Tuesday, so we can, we, we, we can talk about them again. That looked like a real team. I like the enthusiasm in Bob's voice. I'm not going to pretend I saw any of that, but I am. I'm excited just hearing how excited Bob is about the future of this basketball team. It's like uh, it's like it's a it's a drug company right now for for Porter Moser. It's like uh, Sherfield is like the producer and Bamasil is the drug that you give out. Like when when it's Bamisil, working made by Sherfield. Yes, sir. When it's working. I, I'm not going to lie about where Bamisil as a potential <laughs> medical. Um, Jock that sounds itch. like an ointment. It sounds like Jock an ointment. Itch. It doesn't sound like it goes anywhere good. So that's, uh, yeah, that's a problematic. It's something between like hemorrhoids and jock itch, I think. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Bedlam coming up and uh, we've talked it to death, it seems like. Um but I, I mean, there's, you know, Britt Venables has his press conference yesterday, and I, I think we should start there and some of the interesting things that, that came out of that. And I think, Bob, you were most fascinated by the fact that he talked about Jackson Arnold without mentioning Jackson Arnold's name. He was asked about going to the portal for the quarterback for a quarterback, uh, which then basically he had to kind of defend Dylan Gabriel without mentioning him by name. Uh, so it was it was kind of quarterback palooza yesterday. 
really was, you know, because, you know, when it was five and three, I asked a recruiting question about getting through the rough patch and what's the message to the recruits. Now you're five and five. So, okay, now you flip the message and say, we're five and five. We need you to come in at this moment so you can play right from the jump or just kind of like, what is your message at five and five? Does it in a way offer an opportunity that's a little different than if you're like nine, nine and one. And then Brent starts talking about how, you know, schools are going to be coming after your guys and that's just part of the business. But then let's say you have a top ranked quarterback for some reason. He said that let's say you have a top ranked quarterback commit who's hearing from all these other schools, but he just sticks with it. He knows your track record. He sees what's out there here to come in the future and he values the relationships that he has built. I mean, it was like sentence for sentence, just telling you what the process with Jackson Arnold has been like and almost how there's been zero panic or cause for concern this entire time. Well, and it actually, uh, you know, I, I had a, I've got a story that's probably going to be up later this afternoon or first thing in the morning uh, with PJ at and I, you know, I kind of highlighted some of it in the uh, on the board earlier this week. But one of the things that caught me was when I was talking to him about his conversations with Miguel Chavis, and he mentioned, you know, like we don't talk as much about like what my role is going to be or what, like it's just like get here and you're good. Like we want you to make an impact now. Like we need you to be that kind of guy, and it it matches up entirely with what Brent was talking about. Like that th- that's how. You know, again, like guys, we talk about it all the time on the pod. Like, recruiting is about knowing what your best pitch is and being able to deliver it well. And that th- they've lost the hey, come here and you're going to compete for a Big Twelve championship every year. I think that guarantee can't be made. But you can pivot to hey, unlike any year in the last fifteen at Oklahoma, freshmen should be making an impact next year, and you are the kind of guy who can do it. Well, and it's interesting. Uh, I know you know Tulsa World uh, was spending some time up in the Kansas City area, and, and you know visiting with uh, PJ Atabore. That get Atabore. 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 I knew mm-hmm. I was close. By the way, I did not realize that his brother was at Northwestern, uh, and, and he's going to be he's going to be a combo freak. freak. Yeah, yeah, he'll be a combine freak for sure. But I, yeah, I guess Feldman's kind of been in on that kid. Uh, but it just kind of goes to show you, yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, like, but it sounds like, Josh, I mean, from you, you've had notes up. I mean, we're here, and I, I read the story that Tulsa World put out yesterday. Uh, he is not budging on being 100% committed to Oklahoma. He, you know, and, and I, I put something up on the board because somebody immediately responded like, yeah, I remember when Jacob Phillips was saying the same thing. And, like, I get it. it there are guys that say these things, and then it changes the thing I'm noticing is that there's no, like when I ask these guys about it, there's very much a feeling of like, what are you talking about? Like, why, why would I be out on this? Like I, I, there's a, almost a part of me that want, and I, I worry a little bit about getting involving myself in the story. If I ask this question, but like, there's a feeling of like, did, did, Oh, did the coaches lay out to you guys before the season? Like, this may not be as pretty as everybody thinks it's going to be like, they don't act surprised about any of this. And I'm like, how, 
How is that? Like, what was there a public like, oh, yeah, you know, we feel good about these guys and it's going to go a long ways. But with the recruits, like guys just like batting down the hatches, this may get a little rough in spots. And it because, it, I mean, don't get me wrong, like these kids are, you know, they're playing. They understand losses happen and that kind of stuff. But like, I, I can't believe that any of them were like, yeah, five and five is entirely possible without any outside input. Like, I, I feel like it should jar them more than it seems to be. Can I just can I just say real quick uh, what you just said there about the comparison to Jacob Phillips? Can we <laughs> can we re, I mean can we just take a moment to to point out who was the position coach at Oklahoma then versus who is the position coach at Oklahoma now in terms of recruiting these guys? I mean I don't want to crap on people that are long gone and he's still alive, but Tim Kish versus Miguel Chavis like. Re- well, re- recruiting energy. I mean, you know, just just uh, relationship building. I mean, uh, closer to your own age. Like, it it's not an apples and oranges comparison or an apples it's to not. apples comparison. It's not. And then and you it also forgets Brent Venables, Todd Bates, yeah. like all these other guys that do have a lot of of connection. You know, and then you know, of course, with Jackson Arnold, Jeff Lebby. You know, I mean, a guy that really players unanimously rave about like, you know, whether it's, you know, you guys talking to them, uh, you know, preseason during the season, whatever, and recruits like they, they speak very highly of Jeff Levy. He is a guy that is easily relatable for these guys. So I, I, again, I I think Carrie, that's a really good point. I get like, I understand like, Oh, you fans, it just feels like whatever can drop on their head right now is going to drop on their head. So like, I understand it. I do, but I, Again, I, there's I've done this a long time, and I, I'm never one to guarantee anything because stuff just happens. But with the exception of Anthony Evans, there's nobody in this class I'm getting a weird vibe from. Like, Lewis Carter um, visited Auburn last weekend or was supposed to. I believe he did. I need to make sure that actually happened. But I've spoken to Lewis a little bit this week. Like, there's never – he's not, like, hiding out. Like, there's no – like, he's fine with it. Like, he went up there with his coach. He's an Auburn grad. I – I don't think anything's going to come of it. So like there, it's just one of those things where I, I think fans are so understandably on tilt that I think they're projecting that onto the players. And I don't get that from the recruits. I just don't, you know, Josh, you mentioned the struggles. I think we all were kind of taken aback when Brent Venable's contract included that bonus for having seven wins, like another sign's like, wait a minute, maybe they knew this wasn't going to be all gravy here right uh, right from the start. Now, I want to go back, PJ, just for a second. All the Ohio State stuff from this last weekend, did it catch him by surprise, like how big of a deal it became in such a short period of time? Yeah, I, I think it did. You know, like, and I know, because, I mean, and, and I know our, our guy Donnie Hazelwood had acknowledged that he'd followed a couple of Ohio State reporters and stuff like that, but... I've spoken to a few of the guys that I think are well-connected up there that have always been very reliable uh, as far as kind of having their finger on the pulse up there. And, I I mean, I I think more than anything, I think you and I discussed this, Bob, is there was no – I don't – I think Ohio State has their top three, uh, Keon Keeley, Mateo Ungolele, and then the – the Wilson kid from Florida, whose first name I always forget, very, very good player, top 10, you know, defensive end in the country kind of guy. And 
I don't think they are going to do anything to upset that apple cart. Like, I, I don't think there's going to be any move made that will, you know, like they're not going to go suddenly offer him and then potentially piss off a guy they've spent a year focusing on. Like, I just don't see that happening. So I, I think now would it shock me if like they miss out on one of those guys and then on December 10th, they made an offer. Not really, but do I think at that point it's enough to make up the ground? Probably not. So, like, I, I think I really, even if they offer now, I, PJ, like, when he talks about Miguel Chavis, that's like a, a family member. Like, I mean, he, he talks about him like that's a very important person. He's like, that's the guy I relate to. Like, that's the guy that I, I want to learn from and I feel like has a lot of things he can teach me beyond just football and, like, it, that that sort of stuff like those are I don't what's the opposite of a red flag like that that like a green light like that I'm like that feels like that's going to be pretty hard for OU to mess that up well and I mean look it's like you said it can change on a dime and everything's great until it's not uh which is probably why it's important to you know win bedlam I mean like you win bedlam and I'm not saying it changes everything and it makes the year magical and all that, but, I mean, it, just the look of – it's like we keep talking about these firsts since 1998. Well, we'd go back to first bowl game miss since 1998. Like, you just don't want to keep piling up those stats and a win over Bedlam, even though nobody's going to care about <laughs> what bowl game they go to or who they play. <laughs> uh, and really, I don't – We might not even care. We – my, uh, don't <laughs> don't talk yourself out of a trip, Bob. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's like, and, and I was joking this morning, like, what does it matter if this team has 15 more practices? They've had all these practices. They still aren't getting any better. Um, but it, it's like just the perception. It would be nice to have a, 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 a win just for the perception of the program and, and recruits and people maybe out of state and things like that. It's it just... I don't know. I, it, maybe it won't matter, but it would certainly help. It can't. It can't hurt to, to well, win another game. No, it, it's huge. And Kerry and I and I know you know this, but there's a lot of people out there that don't understand. Like those pre-bowl practices, that's a lot of young guys getting real reps that they haven't gotten all season. Like again, I know you know that. Well, it's I, like I've yesterday, Bob. It's like people. it's like talking about Kip Lewis and and Kobe McKenzie and how and far Kobe, they've come yeah. along and getting to do, you know, non-scout team work. That's the big thing. Like, those freshmen that have all been stuck on scout team finally get to run Jeff Levy's offense and Brent Venable's defense uh, for 15 straight days. That That's – that is a very big deal. I, I That's – it's just huge. I mean, and, you know, and even even some guys you've seen, like Jaron Canick, he's going to get a lot more – and a lot more of the workload than he would in a normal game week practice. There's just more time to do that. And I, I think guys, I mean, and you guys can weigh in on that, but I would think going in to, you know, assuming they get to a bowl here, whatever shit bowl it's going to be like, there is a lot more lenience to be like, okay, we're going to give the starters four or five real practices here, but the majority is going to go to developing young guys, giving our starters some rest time, you know, letting their bodies heal, all that kind of stuff. Like th that's got to be what 75% of the focus because nobody gives a shit when you win the Meineke care car care bowl like that. That's not like no one. That's not going to resonate with recruits. 
uh, boosters. Like no, nobody cares. And what's funny is because of the strange circumstances of last year's bowl game, I remember asking Bob Stoops about getting all the young guys reps going in Alamo Bowl, and he said that they really couldn't do it because they were just kind of make you know makeshift staff, make you know just trying to do the best with 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 what you could. So we're, we're mentioning these true freshmen, but even the sophomores and redshirt freshmen are going to be guys who can finally start you know, getting that that prep time that you thought they would have had going against the Ducks, it never happened. So now they, they would get a second chance to start to build again toward 2023, just like everybody else. I, I couldn't agree. I mean, I, and when you're talking about that, just so people kind of have a reference point, like you're talking about guys there like, you know, uh, D- uh, Jordan Mukes is a good example, or yes. e- even DeMond Harmon, you know, a guy that has played some snaps. Like he didn't get a lot of that last year for the exact stuff you're talking about. And, uh, you know, and I know he's gotten a lot of snaps, but like guys like Danny Stutzman, like I, the more snaps you're getting, like people love to think of him as like, oh, he's a second year guy. He didn't play that much last year. Like there's still a he was lot. He hurt he's for hard. the first part of it. Yes. Yes. And so, I mean, he, it feels like just now his head is probably starting to stop swimming every time. Cause guys, I, you know, I know, uh, you know, Bob and I really haven't had a chance to weigh in. I thought Danny in the first half, that's some of the best linebacker play OU's had all season. I thought he yep. was outstanding in the first half. Yeah, we don't want to weigh in on that game. Yeah, I, I there, there, there's not a lot. Like people are like, are they going to start talking West Virginia? I'm, I'm turning the pot off. Yep. So we'll, we'll at least wait till we get our ad reads in, and then maybe we can revisit it at the end. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's there's a lot of positives, especially offensively. I mean, like that's the thing. Like, and if they do go to a bowl game, like I personally am advising Eric Gray to opt out. Like you've done what you needed to do. Like this is a bullshit bowl game. Opt out, get ready for the draft. But there are many guys like that. Like like Dylan Gabriel, you know, maybe Marvin Mims would be a guy that did that. But I mean, he could use time with other receivers, with younger receivers, because they're going to have to to reload and just getting some of those young offensive linemen. I mean, how much have we talked about like guys like Savion Bird and uh, other guys that you know. Aaron Parks, I mean, just trying to yeah, find Sexton, somebody to get, Taylor. Yeah, yep. to get to develop because you're replacing essentially an entire offensive line going into next year. It, if they go to a bowl, I'd bet you Marvin Mims is not playing, and I'd bet you Jacob Sexton's your starting left tackle. Anton Harrison takes it up, takes the, get the ball I, off. I, I mean, what is – guys, I mean, I, I saw something this week, I think, that had Anton as a top 25 guy in the draft. Like, I mean, he's – yeah, he's moving up boards fast. So, um, and I, he, he had some good moments against West Virginia. Um, you know, he instills a couple of, kind of like we talked about a couple of weeks ago when it was him and Will McDonald, very different battle in the way, you know, the advantages went, but, um, you know, just good on good future NFL guys going head to head there. So I, I thought he was good. He had a couple of pulls. Um, it was one of Eric Gray's, uh, runs up the middle. I don't think it was a touchdown, but I think it set up. Maybe it was the play leading up to the Braden Willis, um, the the would-be touchdown that got called back. I'm struggling to remember exactly where it was in the game, but he pulls, goes right kind of underneath Andrew Rain, kind of a middle pull, and man, it's – that's the stuff. Like, he puts that on a highlight reel, and coaches are drooling over that ability as probably a future zone type guy. 
not I, not to harp on it more, but if, can you put Sexton? Okay, you take out Greg. Gavin Sawchuck now has a real chance mm-hmm. to start doing something. This, this guy, he has had the funniest stat line of anyone I've ever seen. He's played two games, three snaps. That's that's it. So, you know, you got to make sure you balance that four-game redshirt rule, but he's played three snaps. There was one kneel down, and then he had two carries against the Frogs. That's been his entire season. So Bob is saying you won't see him in Bedlam, but he may get 20 carries against Texas Tech. Like, just be ready. Those last two, they're going to stack him in, like, hard and heavy. But That actually, that will be a mm -hmm. story for me next week, is who are the guys who, at this point, it doesn't matter. Don't worry. They're they they're under the four game limit. No matter what happens, let's see if they get some run. Like a Kip Lewis, like like Kobe and guys like that. Yeah, I think. I mean, if you need him, like if Marcus still isn't a guy, like I play him against OSU if I have to. And if you lose that game, then you have to play him against Texas Tech if you're down a guy. So you're you're okay because you have Gray and Barnes. So you you feel like you have two legit. Well, I'm saying like if, and, if I mean Gray's gotten banged up at times this year. Like if if he has to come off the field for a quarter or something. I mean, what's the harm in playing him? I mean, I what I'm saying is don't save him for the bowl game. Play him now, it, it, trying to get bowl eligible. That's my thought. Uh, now, who are we talking about? Sawchuck. Oh, uh, I mean. If you, th- I, I mean, surely they, if they felt like he could help them, he'd be playing. Right. I mean, like, because every carry he gets is a carry Eric Gray isn't getting. <laughs> that, that's that's not something I'd be messing with right now. Because uh, I agree with no, you. No, I mean, like, there's no doubt. I mean, they, they the go with, like, plot. a Tawie Walker if they really got sure. a tight spot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, and, again, like, I, this week, if it's, like, Farouk, Mims, Gray, Couple for Willis, couple for Stoops, and I don't want to see anything else. Like, just make, just force feed Farouk, Mims, and Gray. Like that. That's what I would. That would be my whole thought process. Is like, if we're gonna go down, we're going down riding those three. Let me ask you this though. I mean, because it's a pod and we have time to kill. Um, let me ask you, like, if you do miss out on a bowl, and you don't have practices, is there an advantage to that with everything that you need to do in the portal? And recruiting, I yeah. mean, like, yeah, that, that, I mean, you can be out on the road more readily. Like, again, that's kind of like we. <laughs> Is that not sh- a dead we- period though? Like after December, there's 1st? a new dead period. It is it, like right after uh, Tech is usually that Monday. The coaches mm-hmm. would be on the road. Yeah. Now there's a dead period. That most of that week is now a dead period. That is yep. something that changed in the last month. But when you've got the portal opening up after they announce the bowl games, like. That's what I mean. Even if they are practicing, you're probably going to have portal recruits that are taking trips to come see you, like while you're practicing. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That that's that's absolutely going to happen. So I mean, there is. Um, and, and again, I mean, it's also your staff can turn their focus. Like, okay, hey, we're not worried about you know our 3 p.m. practice now. This kid from East Carolina just went in the portal and we saw him out of high school and kind of liked him then. And he's had a nice career, you know, and that's purely a hypothetical example, but just those, those guys are going to emerge. And I know, I mean, I know, um, uh, Steve Wiltfong from 24 seven tweeted something out. And I know Carl Reed, uh, you know, uh, Ronnie Perkins is former high school coach. That's very well yeah. connected in coaching circles has tweeted some stuff as well. It, I mean, 
It's happening this, now. <laughs> yes, there are there are things going on now. I guys, I mean, A and M that huge class last year. I, I I hear talk that half that class may leave, and I don't know if OU is going to want to get involved with all of those guys. But like there, it's not just that. It creates a chain reaction. Like say Evan Stewart goes to Texas or LSU. Okay, well there's probably going to be a reactionary move. From that, maybe a guy that OU can get in on from Texas or LSU is involved. Like Evan Stewart is a maybe, but Evan Stewart had a lot of, you know, some weird feelings towards OU because I, you know, there were some people that felt he didn't, OU didn't really push hard for him when he really wanted them to. So I, I don't know how he's going to feel about that, but there might be some other guys who could come along. Uh, you know, you look at uh, obviously the the obvious name in AM is Gabe Dindy. Like, would that situation reopen itself because OU and A&M were the only schools he really considered down the stretch. So if he leaves A&M, I, you know, I mean, surely he'll be open to some other ideas, but OU would have to at least be considered a contender immediately. Or we'll just find out that all the guys from A&M either just go to Miami or Louisville or Ohio state places <laughs> that are paying people a lot. Yes. I mean, you know, and again, guys, I mean, we haven't even talked about it there. You know, the, this new NIL movement that's going on right now and the impetus and the timing of it are all very interesting and match up with a lot of the things we're talking about right now. And putting those guys' names, like Joe C., Joe Harris, mm-hmm. Fred Venable, putting their names to this to try to say no, that's this. No, it's smart, yeah. We and it's, you know, our board has reacted to it. And, it, it, you know, it's the, the Crimson and Cream Collective that launched yesterday. And, you know, I'm on the record in others. I know Gabe Eichert feels the same way. Like they've got, you know, we've got one Oklahoma that's opening up an office right across from us. And, um, you know, that's the Switzer one. Uh, and, you know, they're starting to sign up kids and announce kids and things like that. Uh, but really getting them all to come together is key. Like Texas just yep. did that uh, with five collectives and granted, they were five very different collectives. Like one was a golf, one was baseball, one was offensive lineman, the other was just an overall. Uh, so it, it's like they weren't really competing with each other. Uh, but they were. I, I think. I think the Crimson and Cream and the one Oklahoma are, you know, and not to. I'm not trying to be smirch Dusty and Gabe and, and strengthening Oklahoma because what they're doing is is doing interviews to try and you know get some money to the players and and. Uh, they're doing some advertising stuff, but I don't think they were ever meant to be like a full service collective, like Crimson and Cream or One Oklahoma are trying to be. So, like, if you could get those two together, uh, and, and look, I know there are other ones out there, but I consider them kind of small time, kind of uh, you know, trying to be business ventures as well as NIL. Like, that's the whole thing to be. NIL is not a money maker. It's just not. It's it's if you're doing it right and you're really getting the money to the players. Nobody's getting rich off of it, off of that collective. It's 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 a way. I hate to say this. It's a way to legally fund funnel money to players. It really is, and you know, it's it's. I I don't know if it's unfortunate. But, you know, people want to give money, give money. I mean, I think you can feel safe giving money to the Crimson Cream Collective. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of our users, you know, subscribers have been doing that, uh, in in doing it over the twenty five dollars. Like I encourage people to do that because I think it will get to the players, uh, and it's. You know, it's it's. I think it's a legit. It's got some real money people behind it, uh, and it, I think it could be. But if you if you combine these, it gets it gives you a chance to kind of 
go to the donor base, have you know Joe Castiglione, have Joe Harris telling people this is a you know a good way to to do NIL. And then I think your other you know bigger boosters start getting behind it as well because it's never it's ne- I hate to say it but it's never going to be something that you could crowdsource like you're not going to crowdsource tens of millions of dollars you're just not not in this state and it, that that's the thing because I mean Kerry it's for the exact reason like when you saw them come out and they are well organized and they clearly have backing you know I've seen Miguel Chavis retweet some of their stuff like I mean they they are connected in the right ways to make this go but you have all these fans that i mean that you're right they can't uh, the fan base isn't going to do it by themselves but they can they can carry some of the water but they want to know where they're supposed to go like who who, Mm -hmm. there's all these options which one's best what do i do and they you know they've come to us and i know you guys have gotten messages and i have too like what do you guys think which you know what what's the best one and you eliminate all that noise and all that consternation if you can just mash it down to the base. Like, okay, this is the one, or this is the one for football, and this is the one for every other sport on camp. Like, you can do it that way. Like, I mean, there, there's room for a little bit of maneuvering, but like, it needs to be a lot more concise than it is yeah. right now. And I think, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like moves are being made in that direction. Yeah, and uh, I think we all have kind of heard the same thing that they're. I think the uh, Crimson Cream people on our boards have even said like we're we're working on it. So I think they know, and and part of that is it's like I, I read an article that Jeremy, Cra- you know, and Jeremy Crabtree, but one of the on three NIL guys, they were talking to the Texas collectives, and they're like, you know, just not having five different lawyers is a big help, like to bring up con- to 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 build to put together contracts for people, and 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 I know like. You don't want to have all these marketing agencies uh, going out to car dealers and all hitting up the same people for the same guy. Like, you're undercutting yourself. Like, if Drake Stoops has a deal, you know, if he's with three different collectives, they're all out there trying to get deals for him. Uh, Who's to say that one's not going to go in and offer less money than another one uh, where he could end up costing himself money? So it's like you got to get rid of the repetitiveness because it just adds extra costs. It adds confusion to the marketplace, like you're saying. And hopefully they'll get to that point. So it is good to see that, you know, they're, they're having some success with the Crimson and Cream deal. Uh, and I think, you know, just the NCAA passing that rule that athletic departments can direct fans, uh, you know, in, in promote collectives has is, is been a good deal, for at least for OU. So it, it's good to Brent see. Brent went 58 minutes Tuesday, so I didn't ask that question, but that – would be something that if we could ever get like a casual talk with Venables, that'd be a great question to ask. By the way, if you want to support the Sooner Scoop NIL program, go to primeshrimp.com. That's where our <laughs> NIL comes from. Uh, go check it out. It's uh, restaurant quality meals. Uh, you can do them under 10 minutes uh, at home. There's no thaw, uh, no mess, no fuss. Pick from all the different flavors. They got your signature season, your French Quarter Alfredo, garlic herb butter, uh, Louisiana shrimp boil, and uh, the newest, the lemon and cracked pepper. You can also get Simply Shrimp, which is unseasoned, so you can do your own thing with it. Uh, Also, they got variety packs, the sauce packs, the season packs. Uh, Just go check them out, primeshrimp.com. If you use your promo code SOONERSCOOP, you'll get $20 off your first order. So right there. Uh, we're, we're going to give you some shrimp, uh, right away when you first order. So $20 off your first order. When you use that promo code, 
Sooner Scoop. That's primeshrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E, shrimp.com. All right. Uh, now that we've, uh, in our Sarah McLaughlin-like offer for you to support our NIL, mm-hmm. that's why, like, I wanted to, I, I was going to get with Eddie if he wasn't dying and try and make, like, a, a you know, an ASPCA commercial for, for Crimson and Cream Collective where, like, Sarah McLaughlin is saying, like, um, aren't you tired of watching linebackers out of position? Well, you can replace them with $25 a month. <laughs> uh I, I again like and i it's an interesting thing guys like do you feel in some ways that the fan base is more motivated because of what's happening like i know a lot of people think like oh it's a bad time to be fundraising ah i think at times you can get almost apathetic like oh yeah OU's 11 and 2 again like what you know what what do they need our help for as to where now it feels a little more like no, they 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 really need some help. They need, uh, like Carrie says, a new linebacker, or a new uh, a new starting, I don't know, safety or something. There's the there's been a mix because I think some are, uh, I don't know, burnt out is the word the the right word, but from the spring game, all the stuff in the summer and in the fall and like support our program, support our program. Uh, we are. You're not doing your end of the bargaining now. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like anything else. It's like you have eighty five thousand people in the stadium every every game. We don't have eighty five thousand subscribers. Like, not everybody is going to just support every single thing. Like, there are plenty of people, and I get it. They're like, look, I already have season tickets. I already pay the Sooner Club. I already buy nine dollar beers at the game. Like, why do I have to give twenty five dollars a month to the players? Like. Who's giving me money for being a fan and supporting this team, especially when they're five and five? So it takes all kinds. I mean, you're not going to get everyone, every single Sooner fan to give money for that stuff. Just like we're not going to get every single Sooner fan to subscribe to Sooner Scoop. It's just the reality of it. It's it's some people are not really into OU football enough to, you know, basically give their hard earned money. For every, you know, when they're already giving so much, so I get it. Like, if you go look at the yeah. the mentions of the comments on when the the collectors release a new update, <laughs> you see a lot of that stuff. Thank God our 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 user. I mean, we get some of that stuff on the Crimson Corner, but I think for the most part, people get it. Like, they want to help out. Yeah, I mean, we we've had some people that are like, listen, they've got this many signups, and there are X amount of like, we we know how many active posters there are on this board, this board, and this board. Like, there, more than 1% of you should have been subscribed. You know, like, there is some public shaming. Like, no, no, if you're on this board, you need to be part of this thing kind of deal. So, um, but, you know, I, I will say, and, and I only, to, to be fair to the players and, you know, those around the program, I really only read, let, let's be honest, one thing where it was kind of like, I can't believe the fans are so upset about where this team is right now or whatever, like, this is the good that comes with the bad. Like there are a lot of places that wouldn't give a shit and they wouldn't give you any money for NIL. There's a whole bunch of OU fans that do give a shit and they're willing to give you money for NIL. Like you have to take the good with the bad. Was I was talking to somebody else about this the other day. Uh, might've been Eddie, uh, but we were talking about people in fundraising. Um, and uh, a lot of, a lot of times people will say it's easier to get five hundred dollars from someone than it is five, because P- 
people who want to want five dollars like that they value that and they want to know where it's going and what you're doing with it and, and what you get like they're kind of high maintenance compared to the people that are just like oh here's 500 help the kids like it's just it's like I'm I'm kind of like in our board it's been like people like oh 25 no I'm gonna give 50 or I'm gonna give 100 a month like it's like that's the kind of people that we have they're just very giving uh, and they have a little extra cash laying around. I mean, let's face it. They're spending 10 bucks a month on, on a message board, on a website. Although we got into the wife, uh, you know, it, I did love the, oh, my wife would kill me if I did that. And they got shamed by the people that do whatever they want and tell their wives to go to hell. Which yeah, I don't, Josh doesn't live in that luck world. to them. I don't, Neither I don't one of you life. live in that world. No, yes. No, my, my, mm-mm. Nope, that's nope. <laughs> I uh, I don't live that life, so and I, I'm okay with that. Like that's uh, that's all right by me. So um, I told Bob I I hate, I'm not trying to put your business out there. I told Bob like a month after I was like, hey, I just I I didn't tell you about the bonus that I gave you. I just wanted to tell you you're doing a great job. I know you're doing a lot with basketball and football. And he he goes, I got a bonus. <laughs> Bob never sees his checks. He'd go, his wife takes nope. them. It goes to bills. I don't see anything. His but wife see, is in charge of everything. Bob, you've got the better end of that because I do handle all that crap and I still don't get to make any choices. So, you know, like, <laughs> I, I think you're actually, you don't have to deal with the stresses and you just, you know, like, you get to live your life. Like, that's not bad. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, By the way, yeah. I mean, this but, is perfect timing. Eddie's gone. Uh, and, and we've had people come in, you know, visit us and say, I, I like dad pod time. So you two, dad pod time. you two, <laughs> it's wide open here for dad pod. I mean, it's bedlam. I think everybody's talked out at like what's going to happen on the field. Everybody's scared shitless of what's going to happen on the field. Uh, so if Dang. you guys want to start dead pod, dad pod, dead pod, <laughs> I, you know, tomato, tomato. Um, but, uh, there is, I, I would say. Probably the only thing notable right now that just a funny, probably relatable to some other dads there. Um, for a long time, I would go and have lunch with Lainey at school. So I, I go with her, you know, go meet her, have lunch, go home. Well, when she was like in kindergarten and first grade and really COVID struck at the very end of her kindergarten year. So it was like, you know, spring of 2020. So I was... I would go to school and I, I couldn't go for a couple of years, but when I would go in kindergarten, usually when I left, she would cry. Like she was just, you know, her dad was leaving and she was still at school and you know, she was always sad about it. Well, now I have gone a couple of times since they, you know, obviously opened campus back up to parents and things and she still <laughs> would cry. So Lainey has decided she does not want me to come. Like she was having her Thanksgiving bash, her little classroom thing. I was like, baby, do parents come? And she said, yeah, yeah. Parents are coming. And I said, do you want me to come? And she thinks about it a long time. And she's like, no, dad, I don't want you no. to come because she doesn't want to cry in front of all of her class. Oh, I thought and you were going to say now she doesn't want you to show up, period. You embarrass like, no. her. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's like, it just makes me sad when you leave. And I'm like, OK, baby, I'll, I'll I won't go. So clearly this is more about me patting myself on the back that my daughter really loves me and is a, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a, a rightfully adoring child. But uh, my other one, that will be Layla. Layla's like, get the hell out of here, old man. Like, I don't need your help with anything. Um, but Laney, La- Laney is my is the uh, the softer of the two. So, you know, we'll uh, 
hopefully we can find this podcast about 10 years from now and I can play it in front of her friends and remind her that she used to cry <laughs> when I uh, would, would come to school to have lunch with her. That's fantastic. What a loving family. I didn't yeah. pay attention to any of it, so I don't know what you said. Actually. That's fine. No, no, that's nice. I, 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 there is at least half the podcast that is like, is that segment over? Like, are we done with <laughs> that? Now? Are we done? Uh-huh. Can we move on? Recruiting <laughs> weekend. Let's go. Sure. Yeah. Let's let's hit it. Let's get into that. Well, well I'll tell you what. Before fun. we do that, uh, let me tell you guys. Uh, we got we have our score sale, which oh, you tried to screw up, but the folks at Dead Soxy said nope. We're not having it, uh, and they said we're going to we're going to double up the score. So if you go to Dead Soxy from now until the start of Bedlam, just use that promo code Scoop. That's Dead Soxy D E A D S O X Y dot com. Use that promo code Scoop forty percent off forty percent off your entire order. Uh, so it was supposed to be the total score that Oklahoma had, but they said no, screw that. We're not giving twenty percent off. Uh, we're giving 40. So go to deadsoxy.com. Uh, it's a little cold for the no-shows. We've been telling you get those. Now you need to go for the boardrooms. Uh, you need to go for the the, color, the team colorways. Uh, go check it. You get lots of different packs in the team colorways. It's awesome, uh, the different variety packs that you can get. So go check it out, deadsoxy.com. Great sponsor of the pod. Use that promo code. It's the score sale. Uh, only available until kickoff of Bedlam. But use that promo code SCOOP, and uh, you will get 40% off at deadsoxy.com. I want you guys remember, as always, to stay soxy. Yeah, Josh, we were, like, laughing Saturday night. Like, oh, my God, Bedlam is 6.30, ABC. Oh, they're going to put this in primetime, this team on primetime. Wait a minute. That means all the recruits in the world are going to be able to show up. If they still want to come, there are no (laughs) excuses What? whatsoever i mean this is shaping up to easily be maybe the only recruiting weekend of the season that actually matters uh yeah this is this is a huge list i mean and i put my first kind of initial list out there uh i mean you're talking three four i mean like already probably 10 12 confirmed offers and or commitments i've actually when you include commitments it pushes more like to 15 to 20 uh guys i'm expecting to see there i obviously the one that I think you know resonates with people the most is David Hicks, the big defensive tackle from Katy. Um, he is expected to be one of the one of the three official visitors I'm aware of at this point. David Hicks, uh, Ashton Sanders from Los Angeles Cathedral, and uh, Hicks's teammate Damian Sanford. Uh, you know another Paytow guy. Um, Payto, I I can't ever that that I don't know. It just it reads wrong every time I look at it. Anyway. Um, Hicks is a guy, you know, I think everyone knows the story at this point. Committed A&M, kind of shocked everybody at the last minute when everybody thought it was going to be Oklahoma. Uh, You've got to think with, I mean, A&M just looking like they are taking on water in a big way. I mean, you guys, OU fans can think they've got it bad right now. Like I was talking to some A&M reporters last night, and it's just like they'd trade roles with me in a heartbeat. Like it's (laughs) bad in college station right now because there's just it's not even you know like OU fans can be frustrated with right now they've got a first year head coach not a guy in his fifth year that still has a massive buyout that they just can't get out from under easily so you know that there there is a light at the end of the tunnel for OU even if this is bad A&M like you may be living in this awful for a while um so 
I, I think and when it starts to really build momentum is when Anthony Hill decommits from AM. That was kind of the other big linchpin of that class of these really highly rated big time guys. And and they have some others and TJ Shanahan and Chase Basanis. Like I'm not saying that's all they have in that class, but Hill was kind of a guy that, you know, Hicks is going to be aware of. They both played in the Dallas area last year. Hicks and Hill are similarly rated, you know, big time elite national guys. And now you're starting to see that fall away. And with OU, you know, like I said, with the relationship he has with Todd Bates, all that's going for him there, I just, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like there is some groundswell building that maybe Oklahoma can turn this thing around. And, you know, it's been brought to my attention that maybe Kerry's going to have to issue a public apology. Um, it, it, it could get emotional. Like, we'll have to see how that goes. Josh, I, I, wait, what? what for what? <laughs> For Hicks, David oh, Hicks, see, uh, he might be a suitor. Remember our remember our uh, remember post David Hicks announcement. There the were some uh, there were some not so kind words. Yeah, I used a p word, but it wasn't directed <laughs> at him. There we go. See, Kerry's hearing good stuff, people. You can just take it to the bank. He's already starting to spin it. I just it. know some A and M fans tried to twist what I said on Twitter. <laughs> That's a fact. Imagine That's that. a fact. bunch of peas. <laughs> so. So, Josh, I think we know Peyton Bowen is also supposed to be coming mm-hmm. back. Peyton sure. Bowen and David Hicks have both made official visits to Oregon here in the last two, three weeks. Are the Ducks real contenders for either one of them? I mean, I, I, A, Dan Lanning is a hell of a recruiter. Oregon, we know, is not, you know, like they're they're in the NIL game. Like, they're, they're there. They're a real thing. I think that would be a backups backup option like I, I i don't get me wrong like it's possible but i think some other dominoes would have to fall and would have to kind of change things up because again like right now i mean we, we talk about um the uh you know some of the class and you know like or like oregon doesn't have a lot of big name i mean they've got dante Moore. like that's really as far Michigan from state's a, going hard for him yeah uh, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of talk that he he might flip. So um, it, it's I don't know. Like I, I I would have to see it to believe it. Honestly, like I just don't think because I mean like you, you can talk about Oregon, but like last year was going to be this hallmark year when they took Kelvin Banks out of Texas, and then right at the end it came up short. Like I just I I, I it's more of a gut instinct that I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, what I will say to kind of you know, uh, we'll, we'll segue it a little bit into Oklahoma. I, I probably more so than Hicks. Bowen feels like it's trending in the right direction for Oklahoma. Like, I don't know why that again, it's just kind of a gut feeling I've got that things are starting to play out. Cause what I thought was really interesting last week was a suddenly making an offer to his younger brother, Eli, mm-hmm. who, Eli and Peyton have both told Eddie and myself, and I believe even you, Bob, like they, they want to play together. That's not, and I mean, and I know I say, Oh, don't worry about the package deals. Brothers are different (laughs) brothers. When they say they want to play together, that's usually exactly what happens. So for A&M to make that offer when they had kind of like those kids were saying that publicly, like I'm sure they had told A&M the same. And for A&M to suddenly make that offer to Eli, you're kind of like, oh, they're getting a little concerned here. Like, this isn't going the way they thought it was going to go. I think they thought, oh, we'll have a good season. We'll get David Hicks. We'll, you know, hit Peyton with some NIL, and it's all going to work out. And I think they're starting to see that maybe. 
you know, and all I've heard for months is like, he's not going to sign with Notre Dame. Like I've heard that from multiple places for a long time. Now he went up there for the Clemson game. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's, you know, feeling as good about the Irish as he possibly could right now. Um, I just, I, I like the way it's trending a little bit. Um, and I know people are like, how could that be? OU's five and five. Like, that's not like he's seeing that as Justin Broyles is going to be gone. Like he's, you know, Trey Morrison's going to be gone. You know, like he's seeing an opportunity in front of him that maybe, you know, like I, I could walk into a starting role, not, you know, not like he sees it as easy, but like it's there for me to take it. And I'm a t- player talented enough to do so. You know, we began this pod saying Brent Venables was talking about Jackson Arnold without mentioning his 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 name. I thought he did the same thing last week when Barry Trammell asked, "How did you know? What do you mean you got to be more physical?" And Brent said, "We got to be more. We had to be more phys- more physical than Baylor." But then he said, "We're recruiting a guy right now who's not like tall in stature, but he brings everything to the table that we like." I got to think he was talking about Ashton Sanders. I, I, that's who it read like to me as well, Bob. And I, you know, you watch Ashton on tape and you know, you're, you're dead right to infer. I mean, he's, uh, you know, probably he's listed at six, two, I bet he's six foot and a half, six foot one. Like he's not a, you know, overly big, tall guy. And I think people will be like, Oh, well, that, that must mean something bad. Caden McDonald is not a six foot five nose tackle. So like that doesn't, just because you knew Caden McDonald's name longer doesn't make him suddenly taller. <laughs> um, so I, I like Ashton a lot on tape. Um, they are, they've made some new offers like the Taylor Vine kid that's coming in as well. Um, I think there's a lot of upside there. Sanders is very physical, real strong with his hands, but at the same time has quick feet. I mean, like he's a guy that, you know, we were, we were joking around, uh, I think in the board chat thread where, Oklahoma is bad defensively as they've been. They've got more tackles for loss than any power five team in the country. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like that doesn't, doesn't, it really, it's it's like boom or bust can just continuously. It's just a statistical anomaly. Like, and it really, it's crazy to watch it play out, but I think it's a sign of what you're going to see from this defensive line. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to shoot gaps. They're going to do. I mean, frankly, a lot of the stuff that we heard Alex Grinch was going to do, from almost a, I, I don't, I mean, gimmick sounds harsh, but like, it, I mean, that defense has some gimmick to it. Um, Brent Venables, like, they're just like, we're, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to force the issue. We're going to make a quarterback make quick decisions. And that's what you're seeing a lot of. And at times, like you said, Bob, perfectly, it's boom or bust. Like it, it, it hits hit or miss with a guy like Ashton Sanders. You're getting some more of that. Like he has some, some Isaiah co qualities like there are some things that remind me of that short kind of powerful guy but he's got great feet and uh you know is is an aggressive run defender you mentioned taylor that's where i was gonna go next mm-hmm. taylor and juco defensive back ken uh kendall dolby coming in on official visits is this something where they could wrap it up this weekend or would they need to circle back and bring those guys in for an official when the season's over? I, I think in both cases, they'll probably come back for officials. Uh, Dolby, I would be a little surprised if he made a decision right now. I think he is a guy that Oklahoma is kind of seeing where maybe some other numbers play out. Like they like Dolby. Don't get me wrong. 
I don't like, and I think if he wanted to commit this weekend, they'd probably take him. I don't know that he's a guy they're ready to say like, we're all, you know, all the chips are in kind of thing right now. Um, I think they're being a little more patient, seeing where, you know, guys like Peyton Bowen, see where some of those things go. Um, Cause they've got several guys like that, that, that are scheduled for officials in December. You know, I know a Khalil Barnes was supposed to come in at one point this weekend. Now he, I've talked to him. He's pushed that back to December. So there are, and uh, has OU top three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, he feels like a guy, if OU wants to push hard for him, I think they could probably get him. Like, I mean, we'll see it, it's, it, it's a little ways down the road to know something like that, but it feels like, oh, use a legitimate contender there to be in that group while kind of being half hearted about him. Cause like when I talked like a big part of it for him, you know, and, and he was kind of aware of it. Like I, he wasn't sure how much, you know, like if, if OU is really ready to bring him in and he said, well, they can't really do it until December. Well, there's a reason for that. Like, and I'm not going to, you know, play stupid about it or anything like that. Like we, we know, like they're seeing where some of their numbers are and it's not just like, you know, people will paint it as well. If they don't get Bowen, they'll go for him. No, that's not what I'm saying. Do it. Cause there gets to a point where it becomes best player available. Like, yeah, we've got a need at safety, but we also have a need at defensive end. So cool. do we like Kendall Dolby better or do we like, you know, a guy like Marcus strong in Florida better? Like you have to start making those kind of decisions because it's not just, Oh, we've got to get a guy here. It's, you know, like if you get Peyton Bowen, then you can make some choices. Or if you get, um, David Hicks, okay, then we can make some decisions on what we want to do with Marcus strong or, you know, anything along those lines. But I think, um, you know, we, to kind of connect to, uh, Taylor wine and uh, Ashton Sanders. I think Sanders is absolutely a take right now. I think he is a direct replacement for the Caden McDonald, you know, scholarship mm -hmm. they, they had held aside. And then Taylor wine. I think that's a Colton Vasek replacement. I think that is very like for like. Um, and I, I think they like him quite a bit now, you know, for those that don't know, uh, at this time last week, when we were talking about him, he did not have a rivals rating. He's now been given a, you know, a high three star rating 5.7, um, I, I, I am hoping that we get someone out. We're kind of efforting that with one of actually one of the sooner scoop members to go out and shoot a little video of him and, uh, maybe send that off and see if, you know, some more people kind of take a shine to that. But he is, um, he's an interesting kid with a lot of athleticism and both he and Sanders, like they talked about like really working in the off season to make sure their senior year was as good as it's been. And on tape. You can see a massive jump from both guys. You know, see, seeing... I mean, Eddie gets sick, and then Josh starts sending <laughs> subscribers out to cover recruiting. Like, yeah, are you? Do is... you know something we don't know? Like, is this he is dying? what happens, Eddie. This is what happens, Eddie. <laughs> is he gonna? Is he gonna pass podcast. away? What's going on? I... Well, he planned his funeral this week. I know, and I I hope he listens to this. Because I missed it, but he planned it. I'm pretty sure he is now. I think I'm the only one to not miss the podcast on a sick day. I'm pretty sure that I am now the last man standing with non-flu-like deadliness. So I'm pretty excited about that. There was one time when I was going to set it up so you guys guys could do the podcast without me, but we did it anyway. So I'm... Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Yep. And you were, like, on desk desk door yes. like you felt like shit and i think didn't hardly talk the whole podcast we're like yes he just showed up <laughs> he's here <laughs> that's right i forgot about that that's right um to to close off the weekend we've talked a lot about 
2023. Let's go 2024. David Stone is finally coming back to Norman, finally getting to be with Venables and Bates again. How big of a visit is it that he's re- he's returning back home? I, I think it's massive. And I think, you know, you've seen, I, I know a lot of people have seen the momentum around, you know, Michigan State. And there, you know, and there was even some talk in, in this week's Woke about, you know, some of uh, Michigan State's efforts in Oklahoma and how that's been, you know, connected to some of the C4 stuff. And there there is some connection there. But at the same time, like, I think the kids just like what Michigan State's selling. Um, so I, I think it's big for OU to get him back on campus and really just put, you know, a lot of the it, – it's not like David – I don't think David's overly concerned. I think he loves Todd Bates. Um, I think it's more of just getting him back around that group of coaches – letting him kind of feel the love again. Cause David's a guy, I mean, he loves that stuff. Like he yep. likes to be in the middle of it and likes to feel the attention. And every time he comes away from OU, he just glows about it. Um, so I, I think that's huge. And we've talked before about getting his family around the campus a lot more, making them more comfortable with the idea of him being there. And uh, I think this is, this is just a good, almost regardless of what happens on the field, just having David there in a big Oklahoma, I mean, like wh- what, I mean, is there a, is there a bigger Oklahoma gathering point than the Bedlam game and football? Like I, that, that seems like probably the state's biggest moment every year, as far as like everybody's attention is on one thing. Um, and so I, I think that is key to have him there and invested in doing all this. And I, I, again, I know a lot of people worry about David. Let's see where it goes. I'll be, I'll be pretty surprised if this, at this point next year, we're not talking about David Stone as part of Oklahoma's class. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Now I go to basketball. No, hold on. Uh, Before (laughs) we do that, I don't want Josh to check out just yet. Um, I have a couple of Bedlam questions that I'd like to throw out there that I've been thinking of since you guys have been in recruiting land. Okay. Um, the first one is this. Would it be smart for Mike Gundy to invite Kale Gundy to be on the sideline? And if he did do that, would it be like better to wait until the second half? Like maybe (laughs) if OU was ahead... And just bring him out there to just kind of mess with people's heads. I, I, it's one hundred percent what I would do if I was Mike Gundy. Like, and mm-hmm. I would have him as prominently placed. He would be my Matt Wells to Brent Venables. Like, I would have Kale on my hip if I'm Mike, because the cameras are going to be on him the whole time. It'll be a talking point on the, you know, on the broadcast. Like, everyone will mention that a lot. And. OSU guys are going to be like, oh, that's Mike's brother. Like, it's not going to mean anything to them. It's not going to have any impact. Um, but OU, like, are you going to, like, Marvin Mims runs out there and runs wide over to that OSU sideline. 
and all of a sudden he looks over and sees his position coach. Like, oh, hey, Kale. Like, <laughs> it, there, there's yep. no way that doesn't fuck with your head. There's no way. Now, I know Kale said that all OU home games, he's been invited by Barry Switzer. And so he'd always, he's always been in a suite this year and he hasn't really watched the game. I imagine that'll be the case again, but that's very funny hypothetical there. Yeah, I've seen some pictures. Like he's been in like Wallace Marsh's suite, I think where Switzer watches from, uh, yep. and Boz and all those guys. Uh, but yeah, it would be interesting if he would. I mean, look, I I don't think I know that none of this really sits well with him or the Gundy family. I could see it happening. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that it is. I'm not saying it is, but I could see it happening. And it would be awesome. We wore OSU like apparel on the sideline. Oh, God. I don't know if he'd do that. <laughs> See, well, he okay, might wear and, USC apparel, but he wouldn't wear OSU. Does that and and that does that look bad on Kale? Because Kale knows what he's like. He'd know what Mike is accomplishing there too. Like I get why. Like from Mike's perspective, makes all the sense in the world. From Kale's, what does that say? It shows that he's not happy about getting fired. He's severing his ties. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I get that he's not happy. Like, I absolutely understand. But he also has, I mean, and I full, fully believe him. He's a guy that loves that university. He loves yeah. that football yeah. program. He's poured his guts into it. Like, it his feels life. unlikely he would twist the knife like that and try to hurt the football yeah. team. It's probably just some pettiness that we would like to see, but it wouldn't oh, happen. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm way for it. I'm guessing Kale's too mature to make that move. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, no, anyway, but I, I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, by the way, is anybody giving OU a chance in this game? No. Not just giving him a chance, but did they? does anyone think OU is going to win Bedlam? I just, after the last two... Two, two weeks, there's nothing to suggest that they've got it going on into the stretch run of the season, and it's all going to come together. There's just going to be clunky moments no matter what. Either with I wish the offense he was or, very bad on defense, though, against I, the run and the pass. If OU could put it together, they could win this game by 14 points. OSU's not special by any Correct. stretch of the imagination. At the same time, and I said it, Last week in my report card, I'm not picking OU again. I'm gonna tell you right yeah. now, I'm picking OSU and I'm picking Texas Tech. Like I'm, I'm. That's just happening. I feel like Bedlam is is the only winnable game left on the schedule. I think they'll go to Tech and have a really rough time of it. I, Especially if Tech Tech's fighting for a bowl game. Yeah. I mean, they might get their sixth win against the Cyclones this week, but if they're trying to get that sixth win, ain't it ain't gonna be pretty. But I think we all feel like OU could win. We just don't oh, think they are going they to win. They should win. Not even could, should. By the way, that line's gone up to seven and a half this morning. They just do not put it together. Car- when they Carrie, to- they should be eight and two right now. Like right. just a few plays here yep. and there, and they're eight and two. But they can't get out of their own way. And I don't, and I, I guys, I mean, how much of, I am a big laws, law of averages kind of guy. And I just can't stop thinking about how much we would talk about last year. Like this team's five and zero and shouldn't be. This team's six and zero and shouldn't be. Like it feels like this year's team is paying the ledge. Like they're clearing the ledger. 
Like, all that shit you got away with last year, nah, like, it's not going to happen this year. Like, that same West Virginia team in Norman, oh, you damn sure could have lost that game. And Neil Neil Brown remembered that. That's what he said. We owed them from, from last year and their walk-off field goal to win the game. So yep. it's great that we had our own. Well, it was the bad snap that ended up costing yeah. him. Yep. All right. Uh Josh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to have some pain here because we have to talk about a basketball team that doesn't appear to suck as bad as we thought when they lost to Sam Houston. God. And they got a major signee since the last time we we talked. Now, hoops recruiting, I'm ready for. Sell me the hope. Sell me the Now, future. see, Bob will tell you. Bob will tell you. Uh, and I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I'll let you go over the recruiting first. Okay. Caden Cooper, who... I mean, his final five is, you know, Kansas, Gonzaga, LSU, OU, and Bama, and who OU hosted in June. Sooners were somehow able to withstand all those blows from those top-tier schools, and he he made his decision, I think, like last Tuesday, but he didn't make his announcement until Saturday afternoon. As right as the second half was starting in Morgantown, he just let everyone know, He's coming back home. A kid from Ada who plays in Atlanta at this moment. Coming back home. He's going to be a Sooner. Just an incredible job by Emmanuel Dildy and Porter Moser of being able to land this type of an elite recruit in their second year and, you know, kind of send the message to the rest of the state or, you know, to others who want to get in-state prospects, especially when you look at that 2024 class. You're going to have to go through us, too, to try to make this happen. Very impressive. And they lost out on a guy today to UCLA, right? I expect that Sebastian Mack will commit to UCLA or Florida State. He's going to make his announcement. It just depends when you listen to the pod, I guess, because it's going to be at 7 o'clock Wednesday evening. And the, the feeling, really, among a lot of people is, Mac isn't ready to make this choice, but he's doing it because it's the last day of the early signing period, and this is what he's going with. And the consensus is, as much as OU led throughout all of spring and summer, it's almost like he looked for a reason to not pick OU, and he's found it during the last couple of weeks. Okay, I, I had him confused with somebody else that committed to UCLA this morning. Yeah. Well. USC got a five-star point guard that the Bruins were looking at. So it's, you know, this is the last day of the early signing period for basketball. So there's going to be a lot of news here trickling, just kind of trickling down the next few hours. Okay. Well, let me tell you from, I mean, you, you watch everything with basketball. Uh, you go to practice as much as they'll allow you. I'll just tell you from the guy on the couch's uh, <laughs> view of it. I was really impressed with, uh, uh, is it Milos Uzon or Milos? Milos, just, 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 just call him Los, easier. I was really impressed with his game last night. Yes. I thought he controlled the game. Like, he kind of makes, like, when Bijan comes into the game, Bijan looks a little slow in comparison, like, like he's in slow motion almost. Uh, and I really liked what I saw of the Godwin kid last night. Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going right now with that. The depth in the front court is, you know, Yaya, uh, Yaya Kite played the final two minutes. Luke Northweather has not played yet. I don't know if it's because he's still recovering from the leg injury that he suffered during the preseason or if they're going to consider to redshirt him here going down the road. 
but Sam Godwin does not look overwhelmed whatsoever. And I guess that makes sense. He played at Wofford. You know, he he got some experience, even if it's not at the power five level, he knows what it takes to compete at at this type of level. And he's done his part whenever his number has been called throughout the first three games. Going back, Bijan, Los was incredible Friday. That was a great outing. And you start to wonder, like, was Bijan even going to be in the picture? And I think that's why Porter Moser was so encouraged by what Bijan did on Tuesday night because he showed, okay, Los is good, but I'm going to push him too. I want to keep playing. Like, both of those guys, had, you know, they had six assists between them, and that's something you can really shoot toward. You know, this was a team that had six assists as a team last Monday in that absolute clunker. Now they had 19 last night when they moved the ball like that. And it's like, this is what we thought we were going to come into for this season. This is the team that we'd been talking about in September and October. They finally showed up last night. And really, I mean, Godwin played, Oh, it seemed like while I was watching, like he kind of took a lot of Groves minutes last night and just played well. Uh, but Obviously, the big story you wrote about last night, Joe Bamisil, uh, you were kind of shrugging your shoulders at why he didn't play more in that season opening loss, I think. And then, you know, you, you said after the game that Porter said something about his defense not being there yet. But, uh, I mean, th- if he continues what we saw last night, I mean, this, this, cha- this team has a chance to be pretty good. He's just something they haven't had the last three, four years. So athletic. He just does things that no one else on that court is going to be able to do with his size, with his length. Like Grant, Grant Sherfield can get to the bucket time and time again, but Joe Bamisil is going to be able to finish repeatedly because there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to stop him when he knows exactly what he's looking to do. He's still working on his defense. He knows it. Porter's encouraging it. He likes what he's been able to see. And, ba- and Joe sometimes can just have this tunnel vision of I'm taking it to the hole. His three fouls last night, all offensive fouls in the paint as he's trying to charge and make something happen. So he's got to you know be able to balance that, that urge to always want to finish and try to do other things too. But very confident player. You know, he's just like, hey, I took the same shots. They just went in finally. Like, yeah, it felt good that that they went in. But, you know, like I didn't change anything. I know who I am as a player on offensive side. And now I'm working to get better on on defense. I don't know if if he's going to be a sixth man or if he's eventually going to be a starter. I don't know if that's uh, how that will impact how how effective he is, what Jacob Groves looks uh, looks like. But it feels like there's some legitimate depth because it was nice to see Joe, nice to see CJ Nolan kind of wake up too. Like Tanner Groves and Jalen Hill combined for 11 points. They had 18 rebounds. They had nine rebounds between for both of them. But they've shown they don't need 10 to 15, 10, 15 shots a piece to try to make something happen. They're more than happy to just okay, we have to do the dirty work, we have to do those those things, and then let Grant or Joe or CJ score, that's okay. And I think that'll be a big bonus as the season keeps on going. So basically now they've got South Alabama left, kind of this kind of preseason non-conference, and then they hit the uh, the the tournament, I guess that is, in Kissimmee, Florida, or Round Robin, or yep. Classic, or whatever you want to call it. Yes, indeed, and and I think it's it's just sort of interesting how all these 
you know, quote unquote, like gimme games aren't that way anymore. I, I mean, you're just seeing it across the board to where you're almost not even blinking. Like Louisville is 0-3. Florida State, 0-3. It's, it's the, the parity of college basketball because of the transfer portal with these mid these mid major schools, you know, keeping their their guys and keep continuity where power five schools that first month of the season, they're all still learning about each other and how and how they're going to function. So South Alabama will be a, another test to sort of see can they, you know, repeat another solid out. You played one really good game in the first week and a half of the season. Now can you keep build building off of that and let people know, yeah, we are going to be a team that will be in the running, in contention for the, N- the NCAA tournament. Don't just think of us as that loss against Sam Houston. We're going to be a heck of a lot more than that. But that quadrant loss will Oof, haunt them that's throughout. Hurt. That, that Ken, the, the, the Ken Palm went from like early, <laughs> the early 30s to like the mid, mid 40s just – because of that one oops you cannot do that by the way if you're wondering uh it's back to uh, alabama for the big 12 sec challenge this year that's not coming up until january but that that should and, be interesting yeah i mean they got villanova they've got alabama they've got florida they've got arkansas they've got a lot of and whoever ends up with that 18 tournament next uh next weekend they have a lot of chances to erase what happened on, op- on opening night, they just have to make sure they take advantage of more, you know, more of them. There's going to be a lot of, you know, they're not going to win them all, but they got to win enough to build their resume heading in conference play. All right. That's Bob Prisbillo. Very busy man this time of the year. Appreciate the, all the coverage of basketball and football. It's uh, crazy the schedule that Bob lives some days. Uh, like basically, you're just going all day between football and basketball yes. right now. <laughs> Mondays and Tuesdays. <laughs> Can usually are not not too fun. So uh, as we wrap this up, guys, anything that you wanted to hit on uh, that you had on your minds that we hadn't really hit on so far in the pod? That's a big no, sounds like. No, nah, th- th- this always feels like Eddie's part of the pod. I feel like Eddie always has one in re- reserve just waiting. He's got a zinger. Moment. He's got a zinger uh-huh. ready for it. Boom. I don't really have any zingers. I just, I'm really troubled by the food network trying to like marry itself to Hallmark movies right now. Oh, I'm a big food network guy. Uh, one of the, and and again, I think Eddie is partly responsible for me getting involved in TikTok, but I have now like on TikTok, like I don't do anything. Don't misunderstand. I don't create any content. That's not what I'm there to do. I'm just watching. Like, I got into it like watching, like, woodworking stuff. Like, I don't even know how to describe that section of TikTok. But somehow you always end up with all these other things. Like, your friend sends you stuff and Tiffany sends me stuff. Carrie mentioning the Hallmark made me think there is one that is basically these guys just, like, pretending to come up with these pitches for Hallmark movies. It's a church Chad guy, right? Yes, and it is insanely funny. Like they're all and like we played at the that end, this morning. Always, and yeah. they got a puppy. We, <laughs> we played that this morning. Uh, it was a big city lawyer uh, who went back to her small town to yes. take care of her, her her father's estate, who had was dementia ridden, and mm-hmm. she worked at her boyfriend's law firm. And then the her high school boyfriend uh, found her when she came back home and. 
Oh, it was this fantastic. is the Hallmark movie. Oh, it was so it, it, it was so Hallmark movie. Yeah, they are nailed they it. that like I've never watched a Hallmark like t- I thankfully have a like, couple here and there. I've watched we. This is Christmas time. There's new ones on every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We won't watch oh. all three of them, but we'll watch oh, at least God. one every weekend. That you know, Bob I, says I, we like I, he has a choice. Yes, yes, like. Brittany, you know, sits me down. Um, but no, like, and, and I don't get me wrong, Bob. I have stuff like that in my life too. But that is one thing I will give Tiffany. She doesn't watch that stuff. She doesn't watch reality. Tiffany watches almost no television. So if we watch anything, it's like a, you know, house like a house hunters or home renovation or something like that. That's that's almost invariably what she'll she'll choose to watch. Tiffany doesn't make watch. you watch like the Lifetime Channel. It's like my my uh-uh. grocery bagger is now stalking me and trying to kill me. No, like she, like she is, like she really Starring doesn't Whitty even Cooper. do the the murder pod stuff. Like she'll do, like um, she's very much like a day in the life of type people. Like she likes to watch, like how or like podcasts about how other people do things or live. And like she's got one she listens to, and I can't. It's super famous, and I she tries to get me into it, and I can't ever watch. Like I don't listen to it. It just doesn't interest me at all. I think so, I know what one you're talking about. Uh, I yeah, I, I almost want to say it's like a, not NPR, but like something along that kind of line. Um, it's like How Stuff Works, is that what it is? No, it, it like, it's, oh God, I, I, I'm screwing this up. I wish I had time to text her and be like, get get back to me. But it's it's one, and again, it's super, it's like, it's a very famous podcast. Like I knew I'd heard of it before she started listening to it. And I just cannot think of the damn name of it. It's like, you know, like this small town farmer had to go through this trouble and let's take you through the story. And it'll be like three or four of those stories, like in an hour podcast. And I just cannot think of the damn name of the thing. Um, it, it's going to be very underwhelming when I get there. So yeah. we'll, we'll skip it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, hopefully Eddie will not die at Bedlam this week. Hopefully he can shoot Bedlam this weekend. We might have to give Nate Fakin a call. Uh, so anyway, we appreciate you guys listening. Soonerscoopstore.com. Go check it out. Uh, I'm going to get some stuff shipped out today with Eddie on the mend. Uh, so go check it out. Soonerscoopstore.com. Lots of unofficial 40 merchandise there for you to help us, uh, support the pod and the building and the studios and all that stuff. So appreciate everybody, uh, that's been supporting us there. So thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial 40 right here on Soonerscoop.com.